Let's get educated. That's why we're here, to bring you the stories impacting K-12 classrooms and college campuses. It's time for a little education. Hello everyone, I am Katie Petrick, joined as always by Mr. David Ferrazzo. Now, before we get started, are you saying to yourself that you need more FaceTime with Katie and David? Well, of course you are. That's why this Thursday <laughs> we are launching a brand new a monthly program called After School Special because we are special. That's David special. and I will be joined by Dr. Duke Pesta and yes. Dr. Jake Jacobs yes. for a fun discussion about basically all of the things. Oh, in addition, <laughs> we'll be answering your questions on air. Is that me? Yes. So please head over to stayeducated.org and send up, send us your queries. Oh boy. Um, again, tune in at 7 p.m. Central on Thursday to check out our inaugural after school special. Should be a lot of fun. Special. That's All right, special. here's a policy that should go nationwide as teachers in Manitowoc, Wisconsin, have been ordered to keep their personal feelings about sexuality and politics out of the classroom. Wait, did I read that right? Out of the classroom. Thanks to a new policy that forces educators to get back to real education. David. I talked oh about my. this, yeah, on our podcast this morning. And wait a minute. What? After 40 plus years now there are some schools or districts that are saying keep your opinions and your commentary about controversial issues out of the classroom well let's see i like the intention of this but um i'm not sure it's gonna go how do you police this how do you monitor this so this story manitowoc wisconsin uh it was a unanimous vote of the school board uh, recently it's also led to debate on social media. While students in Manitowoc will still engage in controversial discussions in the classroom so the teachers can't, how is that gonna happen? How does it just erupt, a controversial discussion erupt without the teacher saying anything? Well, and here's my two cents on this because <laughs> this is how it should have always been. What they are saying, and this is, here's what's going to happen. People, the one who, with the debate, are going to take it completely to the other thing, to the other side of the point, saying, well, teachers are, or what are they going to do? Just stay silent and not say anything at all and just go, mm, while the, the kids, you know, take over the classroom and maybe debate one another? No, that's not what the school board voted on. What the school board is trying to say is the teachers, if a controversial topic is pr produced or, or talked about, they can interject with maybe some queries, kind of like a Socratic method, but they cannot be like, well, here's what you should believe because blah, 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 or do these side comments that all these teachers like to do and just give one viewpoint. Yep. That's what, what we currently have is teachers either just expressly say, this is what I believe, or they present it even worse as a matter of fact, as if what their opinion is, is fact. Yes. And so the students don't know anything remember last week we had a we talked about the story about the professor who said he gives that quiz at the beginning of every school year about you know citizenship and he presented the russian constitution instead of the u.s yes, and replaced the terms so the students all thought it was the u.s constitution and no one thought to question it because as they said well you're the professor we trust you and that's what the manitowoc school board is trying to basically get away from is because too many teachers are presenting their opinion as fact and teaching it as such. So this is kind of an admission that teachers have been in fact 
guiding the worldviews of children to the left. But anyway, we have a quick video on this. While students in Manitowoc will still engage in controversial discussions in the classroom, teachers will no longer be allowed to guide students to a particular viewpoint they support. It gives a very clear distinction. To it's a new policy supported by the entire school board. Teachers and staff, you know, can certainly have an opinion. Uh, I don't think anyone here is saying you can't have an opinion on these issues. I think it's really just, you know, is the classroom uh, time and that setting an appropriate time to share that. Uh, so I just wanted to make that distinction that, you know, I've seen some comments on social media that, you know, we're not allowing teachers to have an opinion. That's simply not true. That discussion took place during an initial meeting on the issue August 24th and applies to topics in four categories, politics, religion, social, and economics. I think it's great because I think there's no attempt here to suppress or mute anything. Much of this comes after parents spoke out before school boards across the country during the COVID-19 pandemic, asking for more control over what is being taught in the classroom. Everyone I've talked to wants to understand it doesn't limit the actual discussion of controversial issues. All it does is limits teachers injecting personal opinions on it. You know, everyone that I've talked to wants to understand that, you know, seems to agree like, yeah, that makes sense. So, Whoa, common sense. So parents did not have sense. control over what was being taught in the classrooms, apparently. But I think this is interesting. First, you've got to define what controversial is. And they laid it out in, in the four categories, uh, political, religious, uh, what was that, social studies, and economics. And this is just amazing. So economics, you think socialism, are they going to stop saying capitalism is bad? And, you know, social, you know, are they going to do that? What about religion? I, I've said earlier um, in another segment, another show, they do allow Hinduism in a way, mindfulness, this meditation. Um, the, some schools were teaching the five pillars of Islam. Others teach the uh, occult practices, really. What's that? Harry Potter. The NEA has Harry Potter lesson plans. That's driven by the occult. It is witchcraft. And Wicca is a 501c3. That's right. I, but I, not Christianity. No, 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 no. No, no, no. Side story. I actually <laughs> know a teacher who currently is beginning to teach Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. In the public schools. See, off. that's religion. Just to kick it off oh, in so, a public school. So that is religion. You have to understand. Someone, I do know someone who is. Right, I know, that. Katie, you're a fan of Harry Potter, but this wow. is a religion. Why? It's about Wicca and the occult, witchcraft, because Wicca has a 501c3 as a religious organization. They are religious, so Wicca, occult. Anyway, so all that to say, religion is one of those controversial topics, right? Well, it is, and what's fascinating to me is the four categories they break down basically are going to be found in your social studies courses. And as someone who studied for social studies teaching, I made sure when I did my teaching, when I was, especially in my intro to government class, I made sure that the students knew both sides, like political parties in the U.S., and understood, but they had no idea what my personal viewpoint was. And I asked them at the wow. end of the semester in a, in a quiz, and I did find a split down the middle. Half the people thought I was conservative. Well, not quite half, but <laughs> it was like a third conservative, a third liberal in terms of my ideology, and then a third were like, I have no idea. And that's precisely the point. They should not actually know your personal viewpoint because you should present it in a way where you're having all the options made available to them and they use critical thinking skills to determine which one ought to be what they believed in. And if you teach it properly, if, common sense if. will prevail and they will choose what 
if. Well, what Katie, all right, you just yeah. confirmed what we all know. You're an enigma. Ah, well, you, you are so rare. Something. You're one in a million. Okay, one in 500,000 when it comes to teachers. And most of them, you know, do just the opposite. Otherwise, they wouldn't have these issues where they're starting to debate controversial topics and kids are being groomed, social justice. Anyway, um, thank you, though, for setting that example for some, maybe some teachers who still want to teach kids how to think, not what to think. But still to come, while teachers in Wisconsin are being told to focus on real education, a school in Ohio is now allowing LGBTQ ally badges provided by the teachers union to be worn by educators to elevate the needs of LGBTQ students above everyone else. That's next. If you have a smartphone, tablet, Roku, or Apple TV, consider downloading the Freedom Project media app. It's 100% free and includes all of our weekly shows, plus lecture series, archive programs, and award-winning animated videos for families like the Presidential Minute, Battles of America, and Heroes of the West. Don't rely on the social media giants to keep you informed. Simply download the Freedom Project media app from your app store and allow notifications. And we'll let you know when a new video is ready. Now, David, do you remember way back when, when flair was a thing? Flair. Flair. So you would put a, a button on your shirt and you try, like if you were a waitress, whatever movie, The Office, I think it was pieces in The Office. Pieces of flair. Pieces of flair. You try and collect as much, many pieces of flair. Schlotzky's. <laughs> there you go. Schlotzky's well, Deli. They would do it too. Now there is an Ohio school district that is allowing all the flair, I guess, for its teachers because they're allowing them to wear badges to support, uh, show support of LGBTQ movement in, in all of that, in the whole alphabet soup. And so, obviously, once parents found out about this, there was some backlash. And so, talking about uh, Hilliard City Schools in Columbus, Ohio, there's a superintendent named David Stewart, and he told teachers in the district that they are still allowed to wear badges that say, I'm here, next to a pride flag, which were supplied by the teachers' union, the Hilliard Education Association. So the teachers' union, for a public school yep. is providing these badges to the teachers to give so the teachers can let the students by wearing said badge know that i'm here i'm an ally i'm here to protect you keep you safe and all that now the announcement came after ohio parents rights in education raised concern over a qr code and in case you don't know what a qr code is we have a visual of it uh on the badge there it's that little box at the bottom and you can take your phone and when you click on your the code the code itself it will take you to a website and that website uh it, it's a teacher the teachers union lgbtq resource toolkit boy okay so a kid in your class wow i bet one of them would have a phone <laughs> maybe one of them wouldn't actually the entire class would have them so they can scan that qr code and, and take it to this resource toolkit well the qr code uh basically provide some resources that some of the parents are saying, you know, maybe they shouldn't have them. Uh, Lisa Chaffee is part of the Ohio Parents' Rights uh, Organization. 
She said the badge has a QR code that one scan takes you to a website that has extremely inappropriate information. Yes. And as a parent, that crosses the line. As a human being, that crosses the yes. line. But, 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 no, no. <laughs> as a superintendent, Stewart said, uh, <laughs> any teacher who chose to wear one of the badges clearly understood that the resources at the link were intended for adults, not students. Uh, yeah. The resources are provided for teachers' personal growth and professional development. Okay, David, say what you were going to say. Well, I was going to say, what. first of all, can you imagine if there was a Christian code that, that led <laughs> a to a Christian code? site? Oh, oh, my goodness, that's that's misinformation. That's fake news. Oh, that's, that's you know, anyway, can you imagine what they would say? But And this is adults. You know, I thought the teachers were for the kids there. I'm here for the kids. But this, I clicked around this site, and I'm thinking, again... Why have we strayed so far from education? But before I go on another rant, we better get to this video. Controversy bubbling up around Hilliard. Parents wrangling over an LGBTQ support badge that some see as a hot button issue in the community. It's a great idea for my child to be able to easily walk a hallway and see someone that they know they can instantly go up and talk to without having to try to read the room. Students across the district may see the badges on their teachers, the effort supported by the teachers union. Some parents think it's overstepping. And it's putting teachers in a position to have to answer questions they should not. These are questions for at home. But mom Ruth Miller, chair of Rainbow Hilliard, says the badges can be used as a connection to students like her own LGBTQ kids. They can go to that person and talk to them and be heard not necessarily get advice, not necessarily, you know, sometimes people just need to talk. Parent Omar Tarasi is a city council member and candidate for state representative. Tarasi says the badges politicize the classroom. Their role is education. There is an element of that where you have to have a good relationship with students, but that doesn't mean that you are the personal therapist for every student. The district has asked teachers to cover a controversial barcode on the badges. Hilliard parent Lisa Chaffee checked out the website and says the content is nothing kids should access, like sexual techniques and sex acts. The badge has a QR code that, once scanned, takes you to a website that has extremely inappropriate information. And as a parent, that crosses the line. Yeah, it does. Amen. So I want to get to, there were letters that were uh, being sent between, you know, lawyers representing uh, more than 30 parents within the district and the school's legal counsel because we're getting the law involved. And so here's what the school district's lawyers said. Attorney Jessica Filemond responded via a letter on behalf of Stewart, the superintendent, and uh, it stated that although the district's goal is to include parents in all aspects of a child's education, that school policy could lead to officials hiding conversations between staff and a student if a health or safety concern is at issue. So Filemond backed up the district position by stating that schools stand in loco parentis, meaning in place of parents, for students who attend school. While parents generally have rights regarding the upbringing of their children, schools and educators have an obligation to act in the student's best interest when the school student is at school. Philemon wrote. Parents so, generally have rights. Yes, but no, no. It's, it, this, she's actually admitting for the school that as soon as that kid crosses onto school property, ah, the school takes over your parental rights. Wave your rights. Bye-bye. When we come back, some Pennsylvania teachers are now promising to defy a district request 
that all students be referred to by their birth names and biological pronouns. Oh, no. Of course they're going to defy it. Unless, of course, the parents approve of changes. And do you think there's going to be any punishment for those people who defy? (laughs) (laughs) Stay with us. Today's show is sponsored by our friends at MyPillow. Save up to 66% on pristine quality bedding, towels, slippers, signature pillows, and much more when you use the code EDUCATED. That's E-D-U-C-A-T-E-D, EDUCATED. Support this show and a great American company. All right, we have teachers out there defying more things, and this time we have at least five teachers in one Eastern Pennsylvania school district who have reportedly claimed that they will not abide by a district recommendation that teachers use birth names and biological pronouns with all students unless their parents have been made aware of their request for a new name and alternative pronouns. So apparently we have two Central Bucks West High School, which is just north of Philadelphia, teachers who have gone on record actually denouncing the practice of the so-called dead naming, which we know if, you know, they change and they, that, and then that's, it's like you have to dead name, like it's no longer alive. Uh, <laughs> and this is supposedly transgender or otherwise gender non-conforming students, and they are promising to defy any policy that requires it. We have a 16-year English teacher, always an English teacher, named Rebecca Cardi <laughs> Herring, who said, a lot of us are distraught. I physically felt sick in that meeting. Listening to an administrator basically argue that we were going to protect ourselves by outing children. It's heart-wrenching. It's just cruel. Wow. Poetry from an English teacher. So by having a student in your class and reading that student's name as that student's name was given to him or her, is now cruel and heart-wrenching, and you're outing children. Makes, makes no sense to me. So the district request is not a mandate, apparently. It's just a request, just a suggestion. And I, I'm sure there's only five teachers, just five in that whole they're Who just are going five. to defy only five that are going to defy oh, no what did i think they did say that you know it's i have quotes from two of them and the other three were interviewed but they in saying they would defy it but they didn't want they didn't want to be outed what? <laughs> they for, did not want to give, for doing their defiance now we Gosh. also had um <laughs> according to uh cardi herring she said that there are very few hills that teachers are going to die on But in this case, most of the people I talked to said, I'm willing to go in the line of fire. If I have to sit in a meeting with an angry parent, I'm going to do that. Wow. Wow. I mean, this is this is what the teachers are there to do, to stand on a hill to die on because of pronoun use or not not being allowed to change the name of the students by having to say the name of the actual student that's listed on the roster. And by a male being a male and a female being a, a female, that's the hill this teacher is going to die on. All right, then. We have one more teacher um, who has been in the district since 1993, and he's all proud of himself. Social studies teacher, also, duh. Uh, his name is David Klein. He agrees, and he thinks his seniority is going to help him defy the policies because that's, I mean, they're just protected. He's been there for so long, they're not going to do anything to him. Uh, he says, there's no way I'm hurting a kid. H-E double hockey sticks, no. I cannot be complicit in harming children. This is the most at-risk, marginalized group of students. They need our support more than anyone else. And then he got choked up during his interview, supposedly, according to the article. And he 
kind of raised his voice and he then had to say, pardon me. So these are the teachers we have. And those are the only, if those two are the ones who are willing to speak up about it, according to them, they have legions. They are legion strong. Okay. I cannot be complicit in harming children is what he said. Yep. What are they doing when you're allowing hormones to be injected or given in a pill or just these radical sex surgeries, transgender surgeries? So apparently they're, re they're twisting this. It's really fascinating, this, this point in time we're at in history where they're really twisting things to mean harmful surgeries like that. That's helping. Affirming is helping. And when you're actually trying to say, wait a minute, shouldn't we cons be concerned about th Are they too young to make these life altering decisions? That's harming. You know, so it's really they're twisting this. It's fascinating the wordplay that we're seeing here and it's going to continue. But it's amazing we even have to talk about this, Katie. That it is. All right. Before we go, is up next, we're going to talk about a new docu-series being released on the famed children's show, Barney, and why there's a massive dark side to the story. Plus, Pepsi asks if you want some more. Stick around. We want to hear from you. If you have a question or comment for Katie, David, or any of our other show hosts, simply visit stayeducated.org. That's stayeducated.org and submit your question or comment. Our team loves to hear from you and might just give you a shout out on air. Again, visit stayeducated.org and connect with us. All right, before we go, let me ask you, KT, did you ever watch the kids' show Barney when you were young? Yes. I mean, you're still young, yes, but absolutely. when you were younger. Yes, absolutely. It was one on one of our eight channels, so yes, I did. Okay, well, it turns out the hugely popular kids' show featuring a talking purple dinosaur back in the 90s caused quite the uproar that few ever knew about. In an upcoming two-part docuseries, docuseries entitled I Love You, You Hate Me, Several people discussed the dark side of the show that resulted in stalkers and death threats to cast members. Here's a look at the teaser. What color is happier than purple? No color. This is Barney, and this is what he sounded like. Barney stands for inclusion, acceptance. You should love everyone. We all have Cheryl Leach to thank for that. As her love character was heading into the stratosphere, people couldn't accept that this was just a show. And, and so let the bashing begin. Some of the rumors that I heard, Barney hides drugs in his tail. They were violent and explicit. Death and dismemberment of my family. I love you, Barney. They were going to come and find me, and they were going to kill me. Just the dark side of this whole moment. That must have devastated Cheryl. There was something larger going on here. I don't think you could ever think somebody would go and shoot someone. The two-part docu-series, I Love You, You Hate Me, is set to be released on CBS streaming service, Peacock, on October 12th. Katie, it turns out Barney wasn't all sunshine and rainbows behind the tail, apparently. That's like the creepiest documentary yes. feature I've ever seen. It's about a big purple dinosaur, and I remember... 
there being controversy, but nothing like that. Good gracious, almighty people. That's dark. That's dark. That's dark. All right. Well, speaking of the good old days, Mickey D's is looking to recapture the nostalgia of older customers by releasing Happy Meals for Adults. Adults complete with a toy. Inspired by the old red cardboard boxes, the Cactus Plant Flea Market Box is a collaboration between McDonald's and the famous streetwear brand. Patrons can enter can enjoy either a Big Mac or a 10-piece chicken nuggets complete with soda and fries. Inside the box will also be one of four collectible figurines for adults of McDonald's mascots featuring Grimace, the Hamburglar, uh, Birdie, and uh, Cactus Buddy. A Cactus Buddy? The adult Happy Meals. They get served up starting today at secret, I'm, I'm sorry, select locations. I wish they were secret. Katie, we've had this discussion many times, but is, it, is, is your passion for nostalgic McDonald's characters so strong that you would return to the Golden Arches for a Happy Meal with a toy for an adult? Absolutely not. And if they are this desperate, all they need to do is bring back the Beanie Babies. And let's <laughs> let's open that can of worms because do you remember the Beanie Babies yep. in the craze? One time, me and my mom during that whole thing stopped at three McDonald's in one day just to get a new Beanie Baby. That was a long time ago. Long, long time ago. We keep learning things about you. Yeah, I know. This is, this is fun. I'm a nerd. All right, let's wrap things up with a little campfire conversation as Pepsi is releasing new s'mores-inspired flavors for the fall. That's right. N move over. No way. Pumpkin spice latte. Pepsi is launching three dessert-flavored beverages to wet your whistle. The flavors include Toasty Marshmallow, Graham Cracker, and Chocolate. Toasty Marshmallow boasts a marshmallow base and toasted notes to give it a light fireside flavor. Graham Cracker is infused with notes of honey and cinnamon, while Chocolate is heavy on the cocoa with slight hints of vanilla. The trio will be available as a limited edition set featuring 7.5-ounce Pepsi mini cans. Katie, your thoughts on Pepsi's s'mores collection? Is it something... S'more? I haven't had anything yet. Anyone remember that reference? Sandlot, one of the best movies ever. I don't drink soda, so I don't care. So if you, Good. I mean, are you going to keep with your pumpkin spice Absolutely. and not do the s'mores? Okay. Yeah. Well, now Absolutely. we know. Now we know. Some things, you, you have to stand your ground on some things. That wraps up this segment. More to come next time. All right. As always, if you have a question or a little comment for us, please do let us know by visiting stateeducated.org. For David and myself, thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. And thank you for supporting what we do. Until next time. Stay educated. Educated is directed and produced by Mike Menzel, hosted by Katie Petrick and David Fiorazzo. Makeup and hair by Katie Scholl. Graphics designed by Dan Kaler. Educated is owned by Freedom Project Media. See other shows and content at freedomproject.com or download the Freedom Project Media app. Copyright 2022.